Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, golf fans were absolutely spoiled for choice over the weekend with both the New Zealand opening happening at the Millbrook Resort plus the leaderboard of the Arnold Palmer Invitational featuring a who's who of PGA's best alongside our own, very own, Ryan Fox, who was brilliant. Things really are turning up a notch with the Masters only a month away and it's the Players' Championship, the fifth major this weekend. Joining me, a man who loves his golf uh, pretty much as much as I do, maybe even a wee bit more, is uh, Michael Goldstein. Michael, good morning to you. Good morning. Morning, Smithy. Yeah, great to talk to you, Michael. Uh, look, uh, especially um, look, looking back at the Open, first of all, uh, how did the fans respond to it? Free entry? Was it great levels of support? Yeah, it was, look, I've been involved in that tournament for uh, 10 iterations, and it's as many people as I've seen out there. Um, it was it was brilliant on Sunday afternoon watching the fans come out and get behind um, all the players, but in particular get behind the Kiwis. And you know, with with Ben Campbell, who's you know lived down here and um, you know, plays his golf out in Millbrook, um, it was actually quite electric. The um, fans following him, particularly on the back nine when he he made eagle on ten, and then a few birdies coming in to really kind of he took the lead, and um, there was really cool atmosphere. So over the two courses, first time they've been able to play on uh, two fully-fledged courses in terms of the Remarkables and the Coronet 18. Over the, the course of the event, was one favoured more than the other in terms of scoring? Um, it's quite tricky to, to know, Smithy, in, that, um, like in the afternoon the wind got up a little bit and that impacted um, things somewhat. But because of the nature of the Pro-Am format, the professionals only play one round on the Remarkables course. So Thursday, Friday, they play one round on each, and then all the weekends based on um, the Coronet course. So um, the scoring is probably a couple of shots easier on the Coronet, um, and it's also mm. an easier walk. So everybody gets off the uh, 18th not quite as buggered. But um, the Coronet was up on display for the first time, right? And um, there's some really cool holes out there. And um, I think that produced some exciting golf. Well, Stephen Elka was uh, one of the big draw cards. Wasn't quite to be in terms of him winning the title. But what about the following for Stephen Elka? How popular has he become in this country? Oh, I think everybody's just so proud of him. You know, like certainly in, our, in the circles, you know, have been around the game for a long time. You know, he's been so committed to his career and to golf, you know, for decades, right? And he's He's kept working, he's kept fit, um, he's kept competing. You know, he bounced between the what was the web.com and the PGA Tour multiple times. He's come out and supported the New Zealand Open for years and years and years. And to see what he's achieved on the, on the Champions Tour, it's, it's just unreal, right? And I think everybody's just thrilled for him. Um, he came down again to support the tournament, which, you know, he didn't need to do. He's, he's doing extremely well in the US, but... He came down, he's the same bloke he's always been and, um, you know, everybody's so happy for him. I think, uh, just by the by, a lot of people would be quite happy for 
the fact that uh, Brendan Jones won it. Okay, not a Kiwi, a uh, 48-year-old Australian, but been a great supporter of the event over a long, long period of time. So there's, a, there's quite a romantic story about uh, his victory. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, like for Michael Grading and John Hart and, and myself, um, Brendan was one of the first guys to support this tournament when it became a pro-am back in 2012. And we've had this connection with the Japan Tour for a number of years. And, and Brendan, because he's, he's been so successful on that on that tour, he's, he's one of the greats on the Japan Golf Tour. And he's really been one of the conduits between the New Zealand Open and the Japan Tour. And we've attracted you know, huge numbers of great Japanese professionals, but also Japanese businesses. And Brendan's been part of, essentially part of this, this event for, for 10 years. Um, when he comes down, you know, he has a great time. He hasn't always played that well. He's, um, sometimes he gets a bit um, waylaid by um, Justin Marshall. Um, but, you know, he just loves it. He loves Queenstown. Um, and he loves the tournament. And all week we were saying, you know, if the Kiwi can't win, I'd love to see Brendan Jones win. And I watched a lot of his golf on um, on Sunday in particular. Mm. And he hit some of the most... He, he said afterwards in, in the media that his three went into 14 and then he nearly holed it on the next hole for a, on, on the par three fifteenth. He said they were two of the best shots of his life. And... He just played phenomenal golf and deserved to win. And the crowd and, and everybody uh, was absolutely stoked for him. It is. It's a really good story. And the fact that Marshall wasn't playing probably helped him, I would imagine. Right, let's, uh, look, at, let's look at some of the Kiwis because five Kiwis in the top 12 is a very creditable performance. And I think it illustrates the depth of our golf coming through professional and amateur. Ben Campbell... Now, as you said, right up there, finishing second, um, equal at 15 under. And then this great story of this young uh, amateur, Kazuma Kabori, uh, just four back. Great story. Great story, absolutely. Like, you know, Kazuma's 21, he's, he's won the New Zealand PGA Championship against the field. Not too dissimilar to what we saw over the weekend. Um, he won that at, at Pegasus a few years ago as a 17-year-old. And then just recently he won the Australian Amateur, which... It was a bloody hard tournament to win. So he's proven that he can win. Um, and he was right in the fight throughout the whole four days uh, over the New Zealand Open. Um, he won the Bledisloe Cup, which is presented to the low amateur. But certainly for a while on the back nine, it looked like you know a couple of putts dropping, he might be in, in with in with the um, big trophy. Um, so, yeah, Kazuma's really exciting. Um, but, you know, watching the back nine, and I was out there... Uh, in the golf cart with a couple of people, we watched, as you say, five Kiwis that could have won this tournament on the back nine on Sunday, which is so exciting. Um, you know, we've only had one Kiwi win since 2004, which was Mike Hendry in 2017. So um, it's always a long time between drinks, but it looked like, you know, Dan Hillier, Ben Campbell, Mike Hendry, Kazuma, um, they could all win this, this thing. And um, it didn't fall our way, but they certainly... Um, Two Hilliers in the event, uh, Daniel Hillier, who we spoke to last week, and and what a future he has uh, on the DP tour. Um, he yep. showed some uh, pretty good form. But and Harry Hillier, tell us about the 63, 63 on the in the last round. Well, I, I didn't see much for, and not many people did because he was out so early, and just you know nobody else got anywhere near eight under. 
on on the Sunday. So he played some spectacular golf. Um, I, I actually don't know too much about Harry Hillier apart from that he's been at college in I think Kansas, um, mm. and clearly he's got an exciting future. So um, you know, just another one to add to the list. But um, you know, Dan Hillier was in one of the last groups and also had a huge crowd around him. Um, you guys talked to him. He's a great kid, great kid, and it's so exciting what he's doing out on the uh, European tour. Um, and uh, there was certainly a lot of support for him during the week as well. I think um, we'll probably talk about Ryan in a bit, but I think yeah. that Ryan's been helping Dan out on tour and um, I think just like really forging the way for somebody like Dan to see that success is only a couple of steps away. And I think everybody at the tournament was filled with a bit of excitement about, you know, not only Ryan's next few months, but also what's ahead of Dan. Michael, here's uh, an interesting point, because a, a lot of players uh, who were names that we didn't, weren't familiar with have uh, been and played in this uh, Open as a stepping stone, obviously. Uh, Cameron Smith, Tom Kim, and a fellow by the name of Kurt Kitayama, who uh, uh, ironically turned up Trumps yesterday morning. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, the world of golf, there's so much money involved, and you know, they're playing for 30 million plus New Zealand dollars every week. Um, the New Zealand Open understands where it fits in, in the world of golf and the pathway um, of professional golf. And it's unashamedly comfortable in that, in that position. But what it does do is it is part of the stepping stone to the PGA Tour and um, or, or to the European Tour. And um, we've seen that in, in recent years. You know, you mentioned Cam Smith. He, he was fourth in the tournament in 2015. Um, before COVID, you know, we played the, the week before COVID hit in 2020. And the leaderboard was, um, you know, it had Tom Kim, it had Lucas Herbert. They both won on the PGA Tour within the next 18 months, I think. Um, you know, we've seen those players come through, and Kurt Kitayama's the latest. You know, he played on um, the Web.com tour, now Corn Ferry tour, for a couple of years without success. Um, and then he came over to Asia and played. And the New Zealand Open got a co-sanction with the Asian tour. And I think it was 2018 or 19, um, Kurt Kitayama also got fourth. And um, that was kind of the first ever decent result he'd had in a, in a professional golf tournament and from there we've seen his career grow and grow and grow and, and yesterday he, he got over the line against the big boys on the at, at, um, at Bay Hill so you know I think that's great for the tournament but it's also really exciting to see where these where these guys can get to Well he held his nerve uh, beautifully on the last hole under all sorts of pressure with uh, Rory McIlroy and uh, Harris English just sitting at the back of the 18th waiting for him to make a mistake well he, he handled it beautifully in that uh, the putt that he nearly made for birdie was sensational. And a little earlier in the event, um, on the day, Ryan Fox uh, carted a very, very handy uh, 67 to finish 14th. Uh, you know, and, and a, a tournament of that prestige leads well for him with what he's got coming up in the next month, not to mention the matter of about 350,000 US in his bank account too. Yeah, it's not, not bad, is it, for a week's work, but he's got... You know, you look at Ryan's schedule moving forward. I think he posted something the other day, and um, I haven't checked it this morning, but I'm pretty sure that he's playing the world match play in Austin. Um, he's, I think, he's playing the Valero, and then he's obviously playing the Masters for the first time 
Um, and then he's going to play Hilton Head. Uh, if you move forward, he's got into the PGA Championship and the US Open, so he'll certainly stay in the US, you know, through another couple of months. And I wouldn't be surprised if he also plays, you know, Jack Tournament at the Memorial um, and one or two other PGA Tour events. Um, when he leaves America um, in probably late June, he's going to play the Scottish Open, which is now also part of the PGA Tour, and then he'll finish his this amazing run by playing the Open at, at um, Hoylake in Liverpool. So, you know, if you're Ryan Fox right now, you've, you know, you're kind of pinching yourself about just this schedule of golf you've got ahead of you. And um, I think it's fantastic that he started with what's really a great result. You know, like he's playing a number of these places he's playing for the first time. And, you know, it's just like Dan on the, on the DP World Tour. I think they acknowledge that first time round, you know, they're learning the course, they're playing against guys who have, you know, played the course in tournament conditions, you know, 10 plus times. So they're kind of starting a little bit behind the eight ball and to be able to compete like that against the best players in the world on a golf course with grasses that you're not familiar with, um, I think it shows that Ryan has really made that next step up in his career and he's ready to compete with them. So... You know, I think it'll be really exciting over the next few few weeks and months how he goes in some of these other tournaments. Um, most notably, like the Masters, right? Like it's been it's been a long time since we've had uh, Kiwis play at the Masters. Um, I think Danny Danny Lee played once or twice there, um, but there's like everybody at the New Zealand Open over the last week is fizzing to see how Ryan will go at Augusta National in a couple of weeks. Michael, so that leads to a question which uh, a lot of people are asking in terms of uh, Ryan Fox. Uh, I noticed that he didn't get any FedEx points because he's not as a, uh, a registered member of the PGA Tour as such. But how how could he become one, and would he want to become one if he gets success over the next five or six weeks? Yeah, well, I, I think the second part of it pretty straightforward, and, and the yes, um, I think Ryan like all golfers wants to play against the best players in the world um, how does he get in I think you probably need to check with somebody like Phil Tartarangi on the exact details but my understanding is that if he wins um, the equivalent FedEx Cup points is up uh, within the 125 then he can get his card for, for the future I think he's limited by the number of sponsor invites he can take um, this mm-hmm. year um, but because he's getting into the World Golf Championship event at Austin and the major championships that, um, and, and the Scottish Open, which is a co-extension between the European Tour and the PGA Tour. He's already starting with six tournaments before he takes any sponsor invites. Um, and, and he obviously in the first one, in Arnold Palmer, he's made title 14. So um, I'd say that's his goal, um, but I haven't heard from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Rightio, well, um, interesting, uh, Danny Lee has uh, signed, we all know that now. He's playing against uh, some of the players who used to be highly regarded in the world as such. But his uh, looks like it's going to be a quite an abbreviated stay on for Live Golf. What next for Danny? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, if, if he does only have a three-event deal, then he's going to be in, in limbo because he's banned from playing on the PGA Tour now for, for two years, um, pending litigation, which is ongoing. Um, so if that is the case, he's really left with playing golf on um, the Asian Tour, which you know has 10, 15 tournaments of 
of a million US dollars, kind of the level of the New Zealand Open at the weekend. Um, but he's certainly giving away huge numbers of playing opportunities to take this live opportunity. Um, you know, maybe it's a side of where his body's at. Um, I'm not too sure. Or maybe he's backing himself to do really well in, in the in the live starts that he gets. Um, but it's certainly a curious one as to why uh, he would go to live for me um, because he's, it's not securing his, his future. Interesting. Very, very interesting indeed. Uh, um, we'll follow. Yeah, we'll, we, I, I got no obvious money. Um, and maybe he was just coming. His desire is waning a wee bit, and it's a family man now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's difficult to know with, with Liv, and obviously, you know, going down this track, we're opening a huge can of worms about about the state of professional golf and the disrupt the league. Um, but, yeah, I find it really interesting that he's gone. Um, I suspect that it, in the Liv offices, they might be quite keen to have another flag on on mm. their leaderboard. Um, yep. But I, I also think that if they really wanted another flag on their leaderboard, then you know they might have gone with somebody who's really popular in New Zealand, like a like a Ben Campbell, um, who you know would have been a career changing move for somebody like him. Um, so yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't really make full sense to me. If I'm being honest, Smitty, um, I can understand why some of the other guys have gone to lips, um, but Dan Lee, you know, he was playing decent golf on the PGA Tour and. Um, there's no shortage of cash over there either. No, there isn't these days. Hey, Michael, what a uh, great uh, insight you, you've given us uh, across the board there. Thanks for your time this morning, and uh, we'll catch up shortly. It's been uh, fine chatting with you. Thanks, Billy.